I came around just to drop some facts, so it's a rap for all that. Now that he's back. Now that he's back, the feedback is we need that. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. You might be asking yourself, what? It's Friday. There's a new episode? You're damn right there's a new episode because after the Bucks were off on Thursday, they returned to practice for training camp on Friday. That means the Pewter Report podcast returns for a Friday episode, which, of course, this show is energized by Celsius. I'm your host, Matt Matera from PewterReport.com. Join with me is also from PewterReport.com. It is J.C. Allen. We are matching shirts right now. I just realized that. That's pretty cool. J.C., how you doing? Doing great, man. Another great day at camp. It's great to be out there. Great to see the guys. Great to see Chris Godwin back. What? <laughs> As everyone sees on the uh, title for today's show, LFG. You know what that means. You could you could mean a couple of different things. We'll say let's feel good because Chris <laughs> Godwin is back. That is the, of course, the uh, PG version of what you know Tom Brady usually says. And Tom Brady would probably be saying that if he was out of practice today because Chris Godwin was back and JC it was a nice surprise because I don't know about you but I was not expecting that at all for him to just pop up on a Friday the day after uh you know th- they had a day off and, and kudos to you you know I was still in the media room getting some stuff done you and our intern Sly uh, was out there immediately saw Chris Godwin got it up on pewterreport.com that photo some videos as well I had a video of Godwin catching some uh, passes. You had the video of uh, of Godwin sprinting. This is all great news. This is just fantastic to hear because Chris Godwin, one of the best receivers in the NFL, the tempo of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is back practicing from his unfortunate ACL injury that happened in December of 2021. But he's here for 2022. He's practicing. We'll talk a little bit about that. But JC, just the fact the mere fact that he was able to get onto the field today and practice with his teammates is a huge sign for the Bucks' first regular season game that's coming up uh, in a little over a month from now in September. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about, you know, could he go on PUP? Could he go on IR? Well, let's quell those concerns because he didn't make PUP. And there was some talk with, you know, maybe he wasn't going to miss six games. Maybe he might not be ready for the season. And they might place him on short on that short-term IR where you can come back after three games. Maybe he just sits out the first game or the second game. Well, I think we can quell those expectations of him missing games because he was out there. He was bouncing around. He was jump, jump, jumping around uh, out there in, in warm-ups and then when it became for wide receiver drills, he didn't take part in any 11-on-11s or 7-on-7s, but wide receiver drills when they are working down uh, at the red zone. Man, he was cutting smooth, stopping on a dime, like turn, slamming on the brakes, turning around to make catches. It was everything that you would hope to see from Chris Godwin. Uh, and they're going to take it slow. They're going to ramp up his work um, until he's finally ready to 100% go. But you've got to be encouraged by what you've seen. Um, and man, if they can all be ready to go on the field together for week one, let's just say the Cowboys can have a serious problem trying to contain this, this lot of wide receivers. And that doesn't even get into the competition for the bottom spots, but the top four, it's a doozy. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think it was a surprise to a lot of people that Chris Godwin was actually out there and, you know, you can go and look, uh, we have another video of Chris Godwin practicing today on our YouTube channel. So make sure you like and subscribe. You can watch that video. Some of him running, as we talked about, some of him receiving. Uh, he also had another one where he was like just jumping up and down, uh, testing that knee. And I was kind of saying that it's kind of how Buccaneers fans feel right now, just jumping up and down and and jumping for joy that Chris Godwin was back there. But as you mentioned, JC and Todd Bowles talked about it after practice, it's like, don't expect him to start, you know, running with the number ones uh, during joint practices for uh, next week when when they're against the Miami Dolphins. This is still going to be a slower process. This was, you know, step one is just getting back onto the field, which he accomplished today. But, uh, you know, there's there's still a ways to go. And Todd Bull said he's still not ready for team activities and everything like that. He ran around today, but running around is way different than running legitimate routes against other 
players in the secondary, especially when those guys are like Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean, who the arrows pointing up with Jamel Dean, especially over the last couple practices. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But man, if they can just get all four of those top four wide receivers going, it's going to be a real issue for the rest of the league. And JC, I don't know how much you watched the uh, the preseason game last night, the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and the Raiders. It got delayed a little bit because of thunder and lightning. But right. I remember at halftime, they were talking, and, and Jason Garrett was one of them. Of course, he was the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And and they were talking about the fact that, you know, it's the Bucks. Bucks Cowboys week one, and both teams have some questions at receiver just for the mere fact that, you know, the Bucks lost Antonio Brown and they don't have Gronk there anymore as their top tight end and how important Julio Jones is going to be. And Jason Garrett made this, I don't know, this odd point. And I understand he probably still has a lot of connections and and favoritism for like people that he has a relationship with in the Cowboys community. But he was saying like, you know, the, the Cowboys have all of these issues at wide receiver between, you know, Amari Cooper's not there anymore. Wilson got hurt. Um, you know, Michael Gallup obviously isn't there. They had another receiver that got hurt. But Washington, I, yeah. yes, Washington. And it was so odd because um, Garrett said he was like, but at the end of the day, I'll still take my guy Dak like with anyone <laughs> Dak with uh, CD Lamb and the running backs. Uh, it's not going to be easy against Tampa, but like I'm taking Dallas week one over Tampa Bay. And I'm just thinking you're going to go with your guy, Dak. And I like Dak. He's a, he's a great quarterback in this league, in my opinion, but we're talking about Tom Brady and we're talking about Tom Brady with Mike Evans, who we will talk about in a moment, but Tom Brady with at least Mike Evans and Julio Jones and Russell Gage heading into that season or that season opener. I like that a lot more than whatever Dallas is going to be dragging out for that first week of the season. I like CD lamb. He's a very good receiver. But, like, everyone was bashing Zeke last season, and he didn't play well against the Bucs. I understand it was week one. But I don't know. I thought that was a, a little absurd might be a strong word, but I thought it was a bit odd that Jason Garrett, other than having just favoritism for the Cowboys because of his relationship there. Right. Weird to say you're going to take Dak over Tom Brady. Right. It's, and, and, you know, you look at the offensive side. They, they lost a, a lot of people. Wilson, as you mentioned, uh, Cooper's gone, and they have two guys out with injury and Gallup, who said he's not going to be ready for week one, and James Washington, who's not going to be ready for week one. So you're pretty much rolling out CeeDee Lamb, and who else knows? And you think that's going to outproduce on offense from what the Buccaneers have? Yeah, Tony Pollard has done very well in, in, in a receiving and a rushing role, spelling Ezekiel Elliott. But the biggest question mark is on defense. Trevon Diggs, for all the, the 10, 11 picks he had last season, was burnt toast half the other time that he played. So how are you gonna, <laughs> how are you gonna stop these guys? Is the biggest question, Mark. Like they don't have the the secondary in the cornerback group to match up against if they go four and we've seen five wide actually from the Bucks quite a few times with Leonard Fournette or Rashad White rolling outside. Not sure if I'm supposed to say that stuff, but uh surprise. <laughs> um, if they do stuff like that. There's no answer for the Cowboys to match up with them defensively. And that's where I think, you know, you can take Dak over whoever you want. But if you can't stop Tom and what he's got, then good luck. Because the Bucks are poised to be able to stop what Dak and what he's got. Yeah. Uh, another important thing that really you can't match up against is the fast brand protein bar. I mean, the Celsius fast brand protein bar, pro protein brands as they got here, um, it's better than any other protein bar that, that's on the market. Celsius makes these fast brands, and they are delicious. You got the salted caramel peanut crunch along with the white chocolate cookies and cream, and they are absolutely delicious. They taste like candy. 20 grams of protein in these bars, so you are packing a punch when it comes to the protein. Uh, like I said, the taste is great, but even more importantly, it's it's great for if you miss if you miss breakfast or if you need something to hold you over until your next meal or you're about to go pump some iron hit a workout but you want something in your stomach but you don't want to be too full that's where the fast brand protein bar comes in uh, very versatile in multiple different ways to have it in, in situations that you're in and uh, you can go to amazon.com to make sure that uh, you can order them every two weeks three weeks or whatever you want it to be. Go to Celsius.com as well. Click on the store locator to see where you can find them if you don't want to order them on Amazon. But shout out to the 
fast brand protein bars, 20 grams of protein, and they are delicious. Here is the salted caramel peanut crunch, and here is the white chocolate cookies and cream. That's what they look like. Go out and get them and support our fellow sponsors. Um, JC, let's talk about the other two guys that we mentioned that were not at practice. Tom Brady was not there for the second day, for second practice in a row. Um, he was given an excused absence. That's all we know. Uh, that's all that Todd Bowles iterated a- after practice. Uh, the other guy, he was there to start it. Unfortunately, he got injured about midway through practice, and that was Mike Evans. He left with a uh, what's been described as a mild hamstring tweak, and obviously that's unfortunate, and you got to you know put your radar up a little bit more, get that those antennas going, but we've seen Mike obviously play through a lot of injuries and we've seen Mike, especially in training camp, go through these hamstring tweaks, like all the way back to feels like the last three or four seasons, Mike usually gets something, uh, you know, at some point during training camp, I'd almost in a really weird way, I'd never want an injury on anyone, especially Mike Evans. But if like someone is going to get these minor hamstring tweaks, I would rather it right now than say, uh, you know, a day or two before the third preseason game. And then you're thinking, Oh my God, there's only a week or two before the season. Is Mike Evans going to be okay? I'd be very surprised if we see him at all over the weekend, just given that there's so much more time before the season. And we saw in, in mini camp guys were held out who probably could have practiced, but it was just easier to just let them sit out and and get healthier. I think that's going to be the case for Mike, but at the end of the day, when one of your star players leaves practice at all, it's a little bit of a cause for concern. Right, yeah. And, and you know, the Bucks have done a great job with their sports science department in, in preventing these soft soft tissue injuries. Unfortunately, it can happen. I mean, it's just, you know, you're going out there, you're competing as hard as you can, and, and especially in Mike's case, it's, it's happened a few times. Uh, you know, yeah. some reassuring news. Jordan Schultz came out, who's one of the NFL insiders, came out and said he was told it's a, a four – uh, it's a minor hamstring injury and there's nothing to worry about telling Bucks fans to breathe easy that he should be back on the field relatively soon. I would expect them to hold him out probably for the rest of the weekend. There's Saturday and Sunday practices before Monday off. Um, you know, we'll see where he's at Tuesday. If you can come back Wednesday, Thursday starts the practices against the Miami dolphins before the game on Saturday with an off day Friday. So there's a chance he might not, he might not come out at all this next week and just better safe than sorry. But uh, you know, it's something that worth that's worth monitoring, and and we'll kind of figure that out as the next couple of days go on, whether he's there or not. We know usually, you know, even if these players are injured, a guy like Prashad Perriman who's fighting something who's undisclosed, JoJo Azuwu, say his last name, Matt. I can't. I it. yeah, I said it yesterday on the show. I I did it pretty well. <laughs> JoJo, or two days ago on the show, we didn't have a show yesterday. JoJo Azuwu. Yes. Yes. He was- <laughs> He missed practice, and they've been out for a couple of days, so we'll see about those. And same thing with Troy Warner was a new one that missed practice today uh, after he came down with an interception on Wednesday from Kyle Trask in the end zone. So those things are worth monitoring. And just like Mike Evans, when they're back, obviously keep it tuned to pewterreport.com and Pewter Report Twitter, and we'll let you know when, when we see him back on the field. But good news, reassuring news, that it seems like it's something minor and, and it's it's not going to hold them out long and – um, who knows? Maybe he's working with Alex to do some pliability to stretch that hamstring out, working with the sports science department, and hopefully he'll be back on the field uh, sooner rather than later. But it's no need to rush. It's preseason. It's the second yeah. week of football. Like Just let it let it heal. Let it be fine before. It's not week one going into week two or week three where you have these tough matchups right out the gate. Make sure he's ready. He's probably at the TP12 facility right about now, <laughs> I, I would guess. Also, we should point out, uh, we mentioned all the guys that were not participating. One guy that did come back after missing uh, two practices, Giovanni Bernard. He Giovanni was back. Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. I can't do the tongue roll that Stephen no. Jay does really well. Um, but Giovanni Bernard was back, which was good, because Keyshawn Vaughn, unfortunately, was not practicing for, uh, for, for whatever reason that was. And to go back to Mike Evans, you know, he's in a clearly a different category in a situation than someone like Rashad Perryman, who Perryman needs to be on the field to earn a roster spot because he's in that competition with all the other guys at wide receiver that we've talked about for multiple podcasts now. 
Mike Evans has his role. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer slash Ring of Honor member. So he doesn't need to push himself against like the Dolphins next week where someone might like Perryman probably has to. This also gives another opportunity, again, going back to the fact that Chris Godwin probably won't really be participating much in, in those joint practices either. This is a great opportunity whether you're reporters like ourselves, whether you're a Bucks fan or an NFL fan, I think it's going to be fun to see like Russell Gage and Julio Jones as essentially, you know, wide receiver one and two. It's like if you were to take an alternate universe, like all, all NFC South team, and like you had Tom Brady and Julio Jones, like both in their primes, and they were both in the NFC South at the same time, that would be really fun. And I'm not saying Julio Jones is, is in his prime, but anymore he's clearly not especially with the injuries but the way that so many people whether it's carlton davis or or even russell gage himself the way that they've talked about julio jones just like yeah he looks good he looks healthy and when he's healthy he's still an unstoppable guy i think that'll be very exciting to watch for the practices this weekend but for joint practices too of course we don't want to look too far into the joint uh, practice future of like who's going to be available and who's not but i think the idea of Gage and Jones is wide receiver one and two, and then fill in the blanks after that with the, with the other wide receivers. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm excited for that. Right. And it's going to be a great opportunity. I mean, I, like you said, don't expect much of Godwin, Godwin next week, uh, you know, and depending on how they play this Evans case out, not only do we get Gage and, and, and Jones, but we're also going to good look. And these other guys will get a good look at some significant reps to try to make their case to earn this spot, you know, with both of those guys out, it's it's going to give guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, if Rashad Perriman can get back, uh, Jalen Darden, Devin Tompkins, all those guys are going to have this opportunity now to step up and get extra reps because Godwin, yep. Evans, and, and you know, and even Julio Jones to an extent, they've been pretty limited with him. Yes. We'll see how much he can get down schematically and install wise, and see how much he's going to be a contributor. But just like with Tom Brady being out and Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert getting those extra reps, it's going to create extra reps. Um, for the wide receivers and shout out to Giovanni Perez for Giovanni. Tom Brady with the $5 super chat saying too much overreaction of Tom missing practice. I agree. I hope his family is okay though, because it sounds like family related and not too long ago, his mom was sick. So all we know is it's an, it's an excused absence. We don't know why we don't know if we'll ever get into it or the reasons why we'll kind of figure that out down the line. But I agree, Giovanni. I think it's kind of a little bit blown out of proportion. If it was an unexcused absence or a second veteran rest day, then I'd be a little bit cautious. But the fact that it was an excused absence and obviously his birthday was on Wednesday and, yeah. you, know, you know, the the news came out <laughs> Wednesday morning. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand why people want to like connect the dots and, and things of that situation. But at the end of the day, like Brady is not, I said this the other day on the podcast, like that's all the dolphins issue. You know, they got the fines and the suspensions and, and all of that stuff. Brady, I understand was in the middle of it, but he's not getting fined. This is a team issue with Miami, nothing to do with Brady. Uh, as far as like, controversy of getting suspended or anything like that no issue with that at all nothing that's really going to hurt the box so uh yeah as frank says maybe a hangover birthday could be we don't know you know (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i i do want to bring up though jc just what you mentioned about julio jones and that he really hasn't been utilized too much i agree with that but i'm not concerned with it either because he signed on the first day of training camp so we've mostly seen him just do the short intermediate routes uh, a lot of the time haven't really seen him really you know book it down the field too much today he did a little bit but again he wasn't working with tom he was working with um with blaine gabbard and you know the highlight play that he made the the touchdown against jamel dean the other day at practice that was in the red zone so it wasn't even like he really went deep or anything like that it's it's the same thing with kyle rudolph who signed a couple of days before uh before training camp started it's going to take these guys a little bit of time, one, to get chemistry with the quarterbacks, two, just to understand the playbook and how he fits, and each guy obviously has their role. So um, to anyone that really thought, and I'm not calling out anyone specifically, but to anyone that was thinking, oh, Julio right away is going right. to be catching 40-yard passes down the field and, and doing all this stuff, that's not to be expected right away. And I think, too, it's more about Kyle Rudolph hit the nail on the head, right? 
these guys are veterans. Julio's a vet. Kyle Rudolph's a vet. They're very smart players. It's more about the nuances, right? He's like, I can get the playbook down all I want, but it's more about, okay, now I need to go on the field. And what is Tom like in this certain situation? What are the nuances that he likes? If, if he gets this look, what does he expect from me? What are, and that's one of the biggest things. And one of the biggest reasons why Gronk was so effective was because Brady could just tell by like a shoulder dip or just like by the way he opened his hips up what Gronk was going to do because yeah. they had that, that much chemistry together. And he's got that already with Evans and with Godwin. So it's going to take that time to build it with Julio and to build it with Rudolph. And, you know, Julio was targeted a few times. He hasn't been out there. I would say Rudolph has been out there a lot more um, yes. than Julio has. Um, but, you know, Julio was targeted today. He had a little ball throw to him, you know, down in the – he almost picked it up out of the dirt. Um <laughs> had a couple good passes thrown to him a couple bad passes so it's it's more about tom brady what's it going to be like when they're both on the field because he's already missed two practices with without tom there and obviously the first day so it's just going to take time nuances and getting getting that rhythm and chemistry down together but then once they do everything we've seen from julio matt i think i think it's gonna be a problem <laughs> a real just, problem it, he just needs to be healthy it's really all it comes down to he needs to be healthy and speaking of health Leo with the $2 super chat, he says Guerrero, he's talking about Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's business partner with the TV 12 method and trainer himself. Uh, Leo, thank you again for the $2 super chat. He says Guerrero will take care of Evans. Not worried. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen since Brady got here a lot of teammates and coaches too. Like Bruce Arians has been on the TV 12 method. He mentioned that his wife was on the, the TV 12 method as well after she was, um, I don't remember specifically, I think it might've been recovering from, surgery or something like that but uh, again uh medical thing so I'm not here to talk about it but players and coaches have been on this i believe mike evans has said that he's been on the tb12 method so maybe julio jones will get on that too it's all about the health uh with, with this team because we saw how it hurt them last year in the secondary we saw how it hurt them at wide receiver as well so that's really the key for the box to in order for them to get back to the nfc championship game uh, and in the Super Bowl, there's one more receiver that I want to talk about, JC. And then, I mean, honestly, outside of like Chris Godwin coming back, I thought it was a day that was especially dominated by the pass rush and, uh, you know, the the big guys up front, how they were able to get after the quarterback. But since we're on the topic of wide receiver, one other guy that has really impressed me the last two days is Jared Stearns, one of the undrafted uh, right. free agent wide receivers, one of the smaller guys. But you would never know it by the way that he can get up into the air. I mean, he is a freaking acrobat <laughs> when he when he is uh, jumping after the ball. He made a great diving or jumping, leaping, I guess you could say, catch two days ago in the indoor practice where it looked like it was overthrown by Ryan Griffin. And uh, it looked like Nolan Turner, the guy that's been intercepting everything, was going to uh, make the interception. But Stearns was able to leap up, catch the ball take some contact and also go down to the ground to make the catch today. He was a little more wide open. Kyle Trask was thrown to him a little bit overthrown and he just went full out, like full out extension Superman. We've been saying that a lot with people diving. He went full out Superman made the catch came up with it. I know he's a small guy, but he's just such an exciting player to watch. And I wrote in the, uh, the bucks camp insider today, which, uh, Go and check it out right now at PeterReport.com. If you haven't, JC contributed to it. Our intern Sly wrote something in it as well. And I and I said in this in the Bucks Camp Insider, you know, there's a lot of competition going on at wide wide receiver. I don't necessarily know if he's going to make the 53 man roster, but he's a really exciting player to watch. So uh could he earn a spot on the practice squad? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's an opportunity as a kick re- kick returner as well. But if he keeps making plays like that. I mean, obviously he has to do, you know, get to the grimy areas and and actually create separation and make plays. Um, he still needs to do all of that, but he's showing out. He's showing some stuff with, with these athletic plays, and it's just – it makes it a, a really exciting thing to watch. Yeah, and then what – I think you're underselling that catch in the indoor on Wednesday too. <laughs> Not only was Nolan Turner right there, he leaped like probably half of his body height. The guy's only 5'7", five, 5'8". And he was in triple coverage too. There was two other defenders around him yeah. too. I'm looking at my notes. He was like there. They were closing in on him, and it was just a, an amazing 
amazing leap for the ball. And I think the Bucs, too, they're going to keep at least three or four wide receivers on the practice squad this year, especially with the rules jumping up. Uh, practice squad going from 12 to 16 players, and you yeah. can keep vested veterans. So I would expect them to keep a guy like Stearns, maybe a guy like Tompkins if he doesn't make it, and maybe like Cam Brown or something like that. And then one of the veterans, maybe a Brashad Perriman or you know whoever it is, Darden, Perriman, Johnson, Miller, if they can get one of those guys back on there, maybe a Vincent Smith who's looked pretty good at times as well. He's a big 6'3 wide receiver. So uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for these guys. And, and we saw how often, too, the Bucks elevated players last year when they needed to and with different matchups and different looks. So there's that's definitely a chance for him to land on the practice squad and potentially see some game action this year. That's right. You never know when you're going to get your opportunity. It could really happen at any moment between injuries and so many other things that go on. But if you want to bet on on who was going to uh, make this roster a wide receiver or make the practice squad, the best place to go and do that would be with mybookie.ag. And, you know, you can gamble all year round. Sports go on all year round. But in my opinion, the best time to go and bet is for all season. I'll admit I bet on the preseason game last night. I bet the over, and it hit. So I was pretty happy about that. But mybookie.ag has so many options for you to bet on. You know, you could bet the over-under. You could bet season-long wins-loss records. You know, will this NFL team get over the allotted number of wins uh, that they have designed there for you? Uh, of course, you can still bet on baseball. You got run lines, money lines, first inning, no run, props floor. Uh, nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. The prop bets are great as well, whether it's in baseball or or football coming up, and of course uh, basketball and hockey when that season gets going. And getting started is simple: deposit up to a thousand dollars and play with five hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code Pewter and claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to 1000 But anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag, and promo code is pewter. JC, I do want to talk about the defense now because I think, again, outside of Chris Godwin, it was all about the defense. And I think it stopped and started on the outside with – Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Shoyanka. They were getting to the quarterback a lot um, in the individual one-on-one -on -one drills. They were doing great as well. Shaq Barrett had an insane spin move, just perfectly executed. He was going against uh, John Hubbard. So, you know, a little bit of a mismatch, but just like an unreal spin move. Joe Tryon Shoyanka set the tone like early on in practice in 11-on-11s, uh, got a sack early on. Then, not too long later, Shaq was in the backfield. Akeem Hicks was in the backfield in the quarterback's face. There was multiple times where the defensive line just, you know, devoured the pocket <laughs> around Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask. It wasn't just JCS and, and Shaq Barrett, but those were the two ones that were, like, really getting after it. Joe Trachanka later in practice Got a sack with Donovan Smith blocking him. So we're talking about good on good, a top-tier offensive tackle, in my opinion, in this league. And, you know, he he didn't, like, dominate Donovan Smith on the play. It was one of those – it was kind what? of a stalemate, and then he was just able to cut inside a little bit and got to Gabbard, and they stopped the play before Gabbard can, you know, even get a pass going. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of expectations on Joe Tryon Choenka this year, taking that next step. Uh, I think to a point – and it's tough with training camp because you actually can't hit the quarterback. And that's right. tough for especially an edge rusher, I think, more than more than like an interior defensive lineman. A um, little bit quiet from Shaq and Joe Tronchenka, I think, up until this point. And then today they just were going, going, going and could not stop. They just kept <laughs> getting to Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask. Yeah, right. And, and you know, I think. A lot of that too was, as you said, there was some best on best there when it was one v one, one, one first unit versus first unit. Yeah. But a lot of it too was dominated against that second unit who was shuffling around linemen like crazy on that second round, mm -hmm. uh, second unit with, with Trask and with and Griff getting a few snaps in there too. Um, 
John Molchan was the second team center. He got actually absolutely blown up too by, by Nacho a few times uh, where yeah. it wasn't just getting after the quarterback. It was pressure from the inside, blowing up running plays and Nacho let the whole world hear it when he did. But yeah, not, so, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tryon, man, uh, Tryon Shoenka rather. He, he does. He looks good at, as advertised that speed, that athleticism, that strength, that never, Never quit dogging him, hustle uh, like that's that yeah. play against uh, Donovan Smith, where he just, you know, he could have wrote it, wrote it out, but in, it, but he kept working and, and got to the quarterback. So Shaq, he had a he had a really nice stunt um, on Wednesday coming up the middle to get the sack too. It was uh, interesting to see him twist around like that. So they're utilizing him different ways and uh, to get after the quarterback. And so far there's been some success for sure. Uh, and not just with these guys, with some of the guys in the back end too. Cam Gill had a yes. whippy today. Um, you know, Elijah Ponder has been putting uh, really good pressure on the quarterback. Uh, actually, uh, Andre Anthony had, had yes, a good pressure that's, today too. That's the one so, I want to mention. He had a really good first, you know, first step and speed to the outside, which we've been looking for. I was, I was almost like, oh, who's that? Oh, Andre Anthony, like making a play. Good for him. Right, right. So, you know, we're seeing, and this is the thing, right? And everyone's kind of clamoring, well, before, you know, Jensen went down and now it's center, but everyone is clamoring for outside edge help, outside edge help. They need some outside edge help. This is what the Bucks want to see. They want to see those younger guys step up on the back end and see what they have in them against the Miami Dolphins in joint practices against the Miami Dolphins in that game. And if they like what they see, maybe they don't add an edge rusher or maybe they do. It's not like they couldn't have, I mean, Anthony Barr signed for nine uh, for $3 million with the Cowboys. And it's not like, I didn't think he was the best fit if you're going to bring an edge rusher in, but the bucks have $9 million to spend. I mean, they nine and a half million, they could have brought in afforded Anthony Barr. And if Anthony Barr is commanding 3 million, after what he's been doing, and, and Carlos Dunlap committed eight, you have to think Trey Flowers coming off in, in injury, and, and Carl Nassib, who I think are the most likely candidates at this point that can actually yeah. come in and make an impact, they're going to command three million or less. So the Bucks can afford them. It's just let's get a let's get a look at what the guys behind Tryon and Chat can do, and I think so far they've been impressed by them, and it will be a huge determination if they can continue that next week during joint practices which we all know they learn a lot more about, about their guys during joint practices normally than they do a game. Game still is great for situational plays and mental awareness, but as far as, you know, what they're going, what they look like in a, in a, in a, like a, as an evaluation standpoint, the joint practices help. And so far those guys have been showing up. Yeah. Agreed. And I do think it's going to be really critical for, um, you know, some of the other guys like Gil uh, that we talked about, like, for example, Gil did have some really good pass rushes during 11 on 11s today. But like in the individual ones, the knock on Gil is that he just doesn't have the size. You know, he's really fast. He just doesn't have the size. And, you know, that came up in the one on ones, which to me is some of the most exciting things you'll see at training camp. So like I went over and took note of a lot of it. I'll go down the list of like some of the, the matchups that I noticed and some of the, the fun things that I saw. Uh, but Gill went up against Josh Wells, and it was just one of those things where as soon as Josh Wells got his hands on him, he was done. He's just he's never gonna like overpower someone like Josh Wells, who's the backup tackle for the Bucks. The size difference is just so present there right. that he has to get that first step, or it's over for him. And, unfortunately, and and I, and I, I want to hear what you because you I, I you I know how much you love watching one on ones offense yeah. defense best 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 so I let you go watch that today. Um, but with Gilroy, oh, you quick, let me, you let me. No. I, well, I didn't <laughs> let you, but I mean, we. Are, uh, you want to go? Uh, whatever. I'm just I'm uh, just busting you, chops. No, no, but I think um, the thing about Gil too, right? Before you get into it, is. He's a down and distance guy. We're talking third and 10, third and 12, yeah. third and 14. That's when you send him out there because the, the tackles are going to have they, – they naturally drop back because they know it's coming, right? The, so they're taking a step back. When you're in that type of situation, you know, it, it's a lot. It's a it's a much different scenario. So with Cam Gill, core special teamer, plays all on all special teams units, and he's, he's impactful that way. But if you're going to use him as a pass rusher, it, it's got to be where he's pinning his ears back, using his utilizing his speed. Because as you said, he doesn't have the strength to overpower any of these guys, and that's never really going to be his game. But I'm can, I'm curious to see your observations from more of those one on ones on defense and offense. What else did you see? 
Yeah, I'm not going to go through like every single one, but just some of the things that stood out. Like the first rep was Vita Vea against Molson, and Vea just manhandled <laughs> him. You know, it wasn't really it wasn't really that close. Uh, the, the one similar after that, um, good bounce back, but Will Golson got the better of Nick Leverett. Uh, but later on, they went up at it again, and Leverett got the better of Will Golston. So it was a good bounce back from him. You know, obviously, Golston had the most sacked of his career last season. Donovan Smith against Joe Tryon Shoyanka. Uh, Donovan beat him in that one. So Donovan got the better in the individual, but Joe Tryon Shoyanka got him in the 11 on 11. Uh, Anthony Nelson, really good move against Fred Johnson, got the better of him. Two of the things that really stood out was Aaron Stinney. And Luke Gedeke really struggled in these. Uh, Mike Green beat Aaron Stinney. Um, Pat O'Connor beat both of them. And shout out to Pat O'Connor. Bucks training camp diary coming out uh, tomorrow. O'Connor had some good moves. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, like, what are you kidding me? You lost that? No, Pat O'Connor actually, he's been developing his pass rushing moves. And uh, he put it on display. But uh, Gedeke after was like very angry with himself. So it was just like a bad rep for, for Gedeke. Uh What else as I go across here? Uh, and, and uh, I was with Pat O'Connor too. I was talking to Brandon Walton the other day, who's who got uh, reps with the first team left guard uh, it, throughout practice. And he said, you know, Pat O'Connor, he's bringing it every time. And like, you know, he'll get me, I'll get him. And, and it's just like great to go up against him because he brings so much of a, you know, he brings, so much of a variety of things that he that he can attack you with. So just a piggyback on your Pat O'Connor looking good. Yeah, he, he's, he's yeah. getting the notice of the offensive lineman on the team too. Yeah, had two of his reps. And, and, you know, we're talking about two guys competing for the starting offensive guard, and Pat O'Connor beat both of them. So shout out to Pat for uh, for those two, yes, good, for those two good reps. Um, what else? Shaq Mason against Akeem Hicks. Shaq Mason got the better of that one. Joe, uh, Joe Trinchenka against Tristan Wirfs. That was more of a stalemate, you know, one of those in-between ones wouldn't really give the win to uh, to either person. Uh, Donovan Smith against Shaq, again, one of those uh, stalemates. Nacho beat Gedeke. That's where Nacho was screaming so loud that you could hear it if you were standing in the middle of, uh, of Raymond James Stadium. And, yeah, that was that was about it. Uh, Anthony Nelson had a, had a good rep against uh, Josh Wells to pretty much and it it was more of just a, a bull rush more than anything else. He kind of he had uh he had Gedeke, sorry, not Gedeke, Wells. He had Wells kind of like almost fell falling backwards. He stood up, but it was one of those like he was already off balance, so the rep had already been won. But it was it was awesome. I love watching that type of stuff. Wide receivers against cornerbacks is great too, but something about the offensive linemen, it's uh because I played offensive line and was an edge rusher back in the day when I played football. So maybe I just kind of gravitated to it a little bit more, but you know, it's fun when you see the big guys go up against each other. We hear the Pats good smack good. You know, yes. That's, that's, even, that's... even with the, uh, you know, the, the thing that they wear on, on top of their helmet. Now it's right. still, still makes it a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about that left guard competition, it's the second day in a row that Nick Leverett's been in the left guard spot next yeah. to Robert Hainsey. Uh, of course, the first the first day was indoors, so they're just in spiders, helmets, and shorts. But this was the first day in pads. And Matt, I gotta say, I'm walking away impressed by what I've seen. Um, it's like it's almost ha having that extra an extra center out there. He's out there. You can see him making the calls. Him and Tainsy checking with each other, making the different line calls, passing it on to Donovan Smith. And and I, I spoke with him after that practice on on Wednesday, and he said, you know. Playing next to next to Hainsey on in that left guard spot, it, it makes it so much easier because we're both seeing and identifying the same thing. So when it when the play starts, we both know what we're looking for. We both know where to go. And then even Donovan said having that communication next to some for someone who knows the calls, knows and can relay them and 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 you know communicate them and point out something that maybe Hainsey doesn't see uh, because he's got that experience recently. And, you know, last year too playing the position is really going to help. And, and I mean, he, he obviously, <clears throat> like you said, he got beat by will. Then he beat will. Uh, there's going to be peaks and valleys up and down. That's yeah, what no, no one's going to be a hundred percent. You know, well, every single play. That's what's that. And it's going to happen when you have a top five offense and potentially a top five defense going against each other, they're going to best each other, but he had some really good plays. One play in particular where he just, shoved nacho out of the play you know just threw him out of the backfield so you know I, I was very 
impressed by these guys, uh, continue to be impressed as they continue to learn and grow. Hiccups, of course. I'm not saying they're second coming of, you know, Jensen and Marpet, but yeah. I, I'm <laughs> impressed by what I've seen, getting them thrown in the competition. Bull says he's not worried about that center spot that I don't think they're really going to look on the outside unless these guys really struggle, which I don't see it coming. And I think that continued reps and continued building that continuity together is really going to help them once, you know, next week comes along with the joint practices and, and potentially if, if he can win that spot, if Leverett can win that Leverett, sorry, can win that spot. Um, you know, it, it could be, it could be a sneaky, uh, good combination between having him and Hainsey there, both two guys that know both positions. So. Yeah, the Bucks are in an interesting spot, especially when it comes to the, to the center position. Cause everyone's talking about trying to uh, bring him in, bring him in. But the Bucs have to find out if Hainsey is going to be the guy. On the flip side, they have to have a cutoff date. And I think it's at some point in between after the first preseason game and before the second preseason game, where if Hainsey isn't going to be the guy, you can't go on too long and then bring in another player because that player, that center, is going to be behind the eight ball too. And they're going to have to catch up and they might not be ready like playbook wise and install wise by the time that first regular season game gets there. So obviously they want Hainsey to do well because then it saves them money, of course, because they don't have to you know, sign someone else. And I'm curious to get your opinion on this because wasn't it a couple days ago like Stinney got the number one reps and then now they went to uh, to Leverett. Um, I don't know if we've seen correct me if I'm wrong, like Gedeke hasn't really gotten the number one reps too much. Luke Walton was up there, but that was pre-pads. Yeah. And and that's a lot of it too. Like we really got to see when the pads have only been on for a couple practices. We got to see like a full week of that, but I'm curious if they're going to, if they're going to keep rotating these guys as the number ones, or I I guess it's still pretty early. Just be like, all right, you're our number one. Um, I think they're going to continue just to keep rotating them. And right now it's Leverett's, you know, opportunity. Obviously, I think the joint practices, as we talked about, would be very telling. And that preseason game will be very telling, depending on who's actually playing. Like, I don't expect Smith or Worfs to play, but obviously they have to find out who's starting at left guard. So I'd imagine all those guys will be in there for uh, for that game against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head, too. I think by the second Titans, Tennessee Titans joint practice, they're going to know if, if Stinney's going to be the guy or not. They're going to have that figured out. And, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked, too, to see Leverett get some snaps at center in the, against the Dolphins or, again, in the game, at, at the very least, at the game um, to just kind of test him out as well. But, you know, you got to – you have to have that certain, okay – we're going with them or we need to bring somebody in because the install, the playbook centers are one of the smartest players in the game. Usually yep. they know everybody's everybody's position and the guys that we're potentially talking about are very smart. JC Treader, if he's still available and he's the guy they feel comfortable with, although, you know, they might not, uh, you know, from certain whispers um, or even a Matt paradise paradise. Uh, but he's coming off an ACL tear in November. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, the cupboard's bare. You're looking at Billy Price and Trey Burke and former Bengals cast-offs. Who had one of the worst offensive lines in the league despite going to the Super Bowl. Right. So you're not looking at any really good options out there. Um, and I I don't think they're going to need to, to be honest. I, I think the more I listen to these coaches, their players, see, see with my own eyes the, the improvement day after day. Um, I mean – we heard from Bowles himself. He's not going to go up against anybody stronger, maybe quicker, but anybody stronger than Vita Bay and Hakeem Hicks. Yeah. Like if you can't handle those two guys, if you can handle those and hold your own on, on continuous reps, because it's not like he's got a bad rep, good rep, bad rep, good rep. He'll stack together some good reps before yeah. he gets beat. Um, you know, I, we'll see. I mean, it's going to, we'll see. I mean, they they got the Dolphins coming. Their their defensive linemen are, are they're nothing to slouch about. So that'll be the first big test um, to see how he handles a different body type, a different style of defensive lineman, and on a different team. Who's you know because these guys watch film of themselves. Yeah. And 
and you're picking up tendencies that Vita Vey does. Okay, well, Vita does this. I know that I can do this and use my technique to beat him here. Same thing with Keem Hicks or whoever else is coming. That goes for the entire roster. They're picking up tendencies after practicing over them and watching the film of them practice. Over there, it's like, oh, Carlton does this when I do this. So I can, you know, if I do this route or this move, I can get behind Carlton Davis and make a catch. It's all over the roster. So getting those reps against a different team in practice are huge and that's going to be the big telling point where they're at with all these offensive linemen and all the other backup players too and especially some of the rookies as well we mentioned a little bit about that the bucks have their preseason game against the dolphins uh not tomorrow saturday but the following saturday it's uh it's the only home preseason game that the bucks have this season and you know one of the awesome things about going to you know a home football game or your favorite team's football game is the tailgating before the game. Oh yeah. And uh the best beer to tailgate with is of course Pirate Republic which is the official beer of pewterreport.com. Pewter Report is excited to announce our exclusive partnership with Pirate Republic Brewing Company. Pirate Republic is now the official beer of Pewter Report. It's a natural fit. You heard it here, we'll tell you again. The official beer of pewterreport.com is Pirate Republic Brewing Company. It's based out of Nassau, Bahamas, and it's now invading Florida just in time for the football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. The Take No Quarter is the best IPA you'll drink out there. Drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy the pirate life. Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC stores in the greater Tampa Bay area and is expanding across the state of Florida. Live life for terms and drink like a pot. It's Pirate Republic beer. JC uh, didn't even mean to purposely do this segue, but of course, oh, there you go. You got all three. Wow. Arr, Arr. These are so good. Like, like I'm not an IPA yeah. guy at all. The IPA is awesome. The Belgian wit is amazing. And then the, uh, the Long John Pilsner is just so smooth. Like I absolutely love these beers. They're going to be my new go-to. Even I, I yeah. mean, I wish I had found these before they became a sponsor because like they are, they are just, they're so good. Like they are really yeah. good. I've already they're drank they're all good. Time. Like, yeah, they're good. Like chilling beer too. Like if you're only going to have yeah. like just one, just it's a, it's a great chill beer. I can tell you like them because the cans are empty. So Scott was like, make sure you keep a couple of these. So, you know, the show on the podcast, I'm like, yeah. Uh, so I, I just rinsed them out and didn't smell like beer and like get all gross yeah. and stuff. I'm like, I, sorry, I drank them all. They're, they're so good. That's why. No, I, like I got you. Drink. I'm more of a whiskey guy. So like the fact that I, I finished three six yeah. packs in less than a week should tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, I didn't even mean to like purposely do this transition, but uh, we, we're talking about pirates and, and things like that, which of course Buccaneers pirates as well, but Talking about pirates, the pirates, you know, they they usually loot things and, and take things from others, which, of course, is what Tampa Bay secondary wants to do this year Ooh. and uh, you know, improve on the turnovers. And one guy, we mentioned in the, the beginning of the show, we said we'll talk about him later, so we're going to talk about him right now, and that's Jamel Dean. Uh, earlier in training camp, Jamel Dean was dropping those, those interceptions, the, the ones that could have turned into a pick six. But we've seen the last two days that Jamel Dean is now getting his hands on the football and getting those interceptions. He's gone two practices in a row with an interception. Uh, Gardner had an interception as well. Carlton Davis, uh, and people don't freak out. He almost had an interception, but it, was, it wasn't it was a drop by any means, if that makes sense. It was, he got right in front of the pass. He collided with the receiver who... Uh, I couldn't. I can't remember at, at the moment who it was, but he collided with the receiver, and the ball went to the ground. It was almost picked off by Mike Edwards, actually, who had one of his best training camp practices. Oh yes, to date. <laughs> but um, I really think the secondaries come together, and I think it was Jamel Dean after talked about that they have a quota every day 
to get five interceptions in practice, which I think is really tough if Tom Brady's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, a little more possible when Blaine's the number one and, and Kyle Trask is the number two quarterback. But Jamel Dean's arrow is trending up. I'm still extremely confident in, in Carlton Davis, and uh, I I just think big things are ahead for the Bucks secondary. Yeah, Jamel Dean, the, the Bucks after taking a break on Tuesday's practice, which only I think only had one interception, they got yeah. back to their two <laughs> interception a day quota, which has been pretty much straight through. They've at least had two picks. They had two picks in, in the indoor practice with Jamel Dean and then Jamel Dean getting another one. Uh, just good ball skills and, and concentration because if you guys see the video, it's already making its rounds for the Buccaneers um, on Twitter and on socials and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a bad wobbly ball by Kyle Trask. But what you don't see in that clip is it actually bounced off Darden's fingertips and Dean was able to track it, come down with it, get up with the wherewithal and then book it. And like, well, they, they stopped them. Who knows? That could have been a, a potential pick six or at least a monster game because there's really no one around him because by that point, Darden was turned around. So um, it, it's good to see the Bucks continue to get that. I talked to Dean the other day and he was like, I want to be top 10. I want to be top 10 in turnovers. Like I want to be a top 10 corner. And if not a top 10 corner, at least top 10 in, in turnovers, whether that's interceptions, fumbles, something, whatever. And, you know, I, I, I spoke to him I messaged him later on after practice today. And I was like, bro, you manifested that. Like you, yeah. you said, like, <laughs> I want to right the day after I talked to him, he gets back to back picks. So, you know, it's very encouraging. He's still seeing time with the number twos. And, Matt, I got to wonder when that's going to stop because he's clearly been making more plays than Sean Murphy Bunting, who's been rolling with the ones. Sean Murphy Bunting hasn't had any – I don't think he's made any plays, really. I haven't seen him make any pass deflections. I haven't seen him make – he certainly hasn't made any interceptions. And I see them playing him a lot off man, off the line. Yeah. And He's he's been allowing these these quick turnaround passes to get completed on him. I, I know they're trying to give him the slot experiments over, and they're trying to give him every chance to redeem yeah. himself and potentially take that spot. But Matt, at what point does does Dean overtake him and start seeing those reps with the ones again, or is it just they know what they have in Dean? So let's see what we have in SMB. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just as surprised as you with that decision. I do think it is a balancing act of okay, you can't just pull the ripcord out as soon as like a guy is struggling. Like you have to see how they battle through and how they bounce back. Like what do they improve on? So I think you bring up a good point. I think it's a lot more of they don't know what they have with Sean Murphy bunting outside and they know what they're going to get with Jamel Dean. And I do agree with what Tampa Bay is doing in the sense of I think Sean Murphy bunting is better outside than he was in the slot, but that still doesn't mean him outside is better than Jamel Dean as the number two corner and playing outside. And it is one of those things, you know, not everything has to be stat driven, but it is one of those show me what you've done lately. And Jamel Dean is the one getting the interceptions and Sean Murphy bunting is the guy that's getting beat down the field. And it's not always against you know, Mike and, and Russell Cage and, and players like that. He's he's lost reps to Darden. He's lost reps to Tyler Johnson, guys that are just trying to make this roster. So I do think it's a little bit too early to just say the experiment is done. We got to move on. And I don't want to keep harping on the, uh, the the joint practice because that, that's not until you have you know, to a couple, a couple days from now. But again, that's going to be yeah. extremely important. It's important for a lot of guys, but defensively, short like in the secondary, especially. I don't think there's anyone else in the secondary. It's more important to than Sean Murphy Bunn coming up against you know different players uh, opponent because um, it just hasn't totally been there yet, and I think we all want it. To- for Sean Murphy Bunting, as we've talked about on the podcast, he's a very likable guy. His teammates love him. They wear the SMB hat. I had referenced that when you and I spoke to uh, not Zero Grace, uh, D Delaney. D Delaney was wearing the Sean Murphy Bunting hat, yeah. so he's obviously well liked by everyone. It's just a matter of at some point you have to, you know, the production production has to be there on the field, and um, it is one of you for me because. Everyone loved Sean Murphy bunting two seasons ago when he was getting those interceptions in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, opinions change very quickly for better or for worse. I think sometimes when he on the run that he went, he deserves to, you know, he, they should cut him some slack. 
But how much? At this point, I, I think he's been given enough of uh, of an opportunity where now it's on him to really to pick it up. If he's fully healthy, I know he's dealt with a lot of injuries and probably a lot of injuries that he doesn't say publicly either. Right. Um, and I understand and that sucks. At some point, though, the Bucks have to do what's best for them. And I think that's Dean on the outside. Uh, but right. I, I'm open to look at him a little bit more before we really, uh, you know, come to that conclusion. I agree. And he's going to get tested right off the bat because Traylon Burks is the de facto. Even if they traded A.J. Brown um, to, yeah. to Philadelphia, Tennessee still has Traylon Burks, who they who they drafted. And they've got Robert Woods as well. And, and Woods is a really good wide receiver. So yeah. whether Traylon Burks is stacked up against Carlton Davis or or it's Robert Woods, he's going to see a tough matchup. You know, he's going to see size and he's going to see speed because both of those guys bring that. So it's. He, you know, joint practices are going to be big for him. I, Sean Murphy Bunting is an amazing person off the field. His mother is an amazing woman and they do yeah. amazing work in the Tampa Bay community. But you're right. At some point, you know, the, it's a business and you got to make business decisions. And if he can't start making plays and, and standing out, he's got to stand out. Cause at this point, Zion McCollum had, has had more standout plays than, than Sean Murphy Bunting in practices. And granted, he's not going against, you know, the top or competition. But as you said, you know, Sean's been beat by players who are, are, aren't Evans and Gage and certainly Godwin and Julio. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, he's got to step it up. I think he's got it in him. Um, we've seen him do it, you know, within that playoff run. And unfortunately he was primed for potentially a big season. Uh, and then that Cowboys game derailed the season. So we'll see what he's got. But I think even, even if, you know, it doesn't come to fruition, I really like what Jamel Dean last year. I've been a big, I've been uh, big on him since the offseason, since last season, coming into this season. You know, the number one cornerback against press man coverage, which was part of his weak weakness, right? Um, getting turned around and, and double moved on the line of scrimmage, kind of turned it around, and he, he's developed into a really solid player. Now he's making plays in practice, whether they're pass breakups or interceptions. You know, I. Sean's got an uphill battle to climb if he's gonna if he's gonna take that spot. Otherwise, he's relegated to third, you know, third cornerback, potentially fourth cornerback if Zion can overtake him during the season. So, I mean, there's really not a route for playing time. And we did, I did see him today as a gunner on special teams. So, you know, the more you can do, right, the the better you 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 uh, can attain a roster spot. Yeah, keep a roster spot. And it's funny because we talk about the wide receivers with their trade, you know, with, you know, will they trade Tyler? Will they trade Scotty? If they're going to cut the, one of those, would they rather trade him? Now, I think Sean Murphy bunting is, is kind of in that realm too. You know, if they can get quality back for him, especially at a position they need or a quality draft pick, I don't think anything's off the table with Scotty right now. Cause I think Dean is primed to be that guy. And I think they have a lot of trust in D Delaney, what he did last yep. year, who's been quietly making some plays in, you know, he's had some ups and downs as, in practice as well but and i think they really really like what they have in zion and and hearing from the coaches and the players they have they have some confidence and they're ready to see what this kid can do in the regular season yeah it sounds like d delaney is kind of like that security blanket of you know what he can do you can put him in certain situations where he's not really you know going to extremely hurt the team and you could have him in there as just like a solid depth backup until mccollum really you know, performs like the the type of guy that they expected uh, when they drafted him. But you talked about, you know, quantity and things like that and, and quality. And uh, there's no better quality place to go bowling than uh, pin chasers, which, oh, yeah. of course, there are multiple locations in the Tampa area. There's East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, Veterans. There's one pretty close to the Advent Hill Training Center where the Bucks have their training camp going on. Right now, their owner, Anthony Peroni, is a huge Bucks fan, a season ticket holder. So you're helping out a fellow Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan by going to pin chasers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really hot out right now. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of summer. We're Actually, we're getting to the later part of summer, but we're in August. It's really hot outside. Pin chasers has the AC blasting all the time. So if you want to cool off, chill out, head over to pin chasers. They have different deals all the time, and it's a great night out. They got all-you-can-eat pizza, Dollar Miller Lights, all-you-can-bowl, brunch on the weekends. Go tomorrow. Get some brunch. Um, so, so many different awesome deals. Go to pinchasers.net to see what type of deal that you can get because there's definitely one out there for you. 
It's also a great place to uh, book a party uh, for your kid. If you want to host a birthday party for them, they got the arcade room. So uh, your kid and their friends can go and bowl, can go play some video games. And uh, it's fun for them. And also, like I said, it's a fun night out with friends and family. So go to pinchases.net to reserve a lane or book a party. You'll have a great time. The food's underrated, too. Pizza. Awesome. Chicken tendies. Fantastic. Nachos. Great. Like, really great. So, uh, yeah, make sure you check out Pin Chasers. Multiple locations. It's going to be one near you. Make sure you check it out. JC, uh, one of the, as we wrap things up here, really one of the only positions we didn't talk about a ton was the quarterback position. Right. Lane Gabbard and Kyle Trask. What did you see from both of them out there? It looked like, again, Blaine Gabbard. Uh, I don't want to say the upper hand against Kyle Trask, but was definitely the better quarterback out of the two today. Uh, I, I'm not not done with Kyle Trask, but it was another day that was a little underwhelming where Gabbert was kind of the Gabbert that we've seen before. Um, completing a lot of passes. He had, had a nice play to Mike Evans before Mike left practice, and Gabbert was pretty on. Trask a little more all over the place. Yeah, I think there's inconsistencies in both of their plays. Uh, before we actually get into quarterback, I just want to say Mike Edwards today. You mentioned it yes, earlier. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good. Mike call. Edwards had a had a practice today. He had a would be sack come flying up the middle, and then he also had a wallop of a hit on uh, who was it? Who was it? Oh, 17 on Gage. Big yeah. hit. Yeah. Like he had a big hit. Keanu Neal too had a big hit on um. Uh, on Jared Stearns, who we talked yep. about. It would have been a touchdown, but, mm-hmm. but Keanu came in and just knocked it out. So good play from the safeties, too. We talked about the corners, but good play from the safeties as well, yes. showing that, you know, dumper. Because Mike Edwards isn't known for a guy who's going to lay the hit on you. That's right. And he did, and he would have laid the hit on the quarterback, too. So two plays. But uh, I, I've seen inconsistencies in both. I've seen good plays and bad plays. One play, you know, Gabbert threw <laughs> Gabbert hit Grant Stewart in the back trying to try – <laughs> Trying to throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph, and it didn't even it didn't make it there. It just hit him in the Grant Stewart right in the back of the pads. You kind of see him flex up a little bit, like, oh, what the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Trask is uh, this is the thing about Trask, and I know he's had some tough days. I can't fully get a gauge on Trask until I see Trask with the ones or at least the twos. I mean, he's playing with a third string center going up against uh, uh, Keem Hicks and Vita Vea and Nacho, like mm-hmm. I, third string offensive line for the most part with third string weapons that he's using. He's not getting to, to play with, you know, he got a little bit of time with Gage today, which was good. Um, but like, he's not getting time with Evans. He's not getting time with Lenny. He's not getting time with the number one offensive line. And, you know, I know a good quarterback will make the most out of the situation, but I, I need to I need to see him with some of those guys before I can say Trask is he's not the guy. And and until I can see some of those reps and see how he handles himself, so where he's not running for his life or the pocket's not collapsing on him, because a lot of the time it is. Um, I, I need to see that. So I'm not completely phased out on Trask. I think I've seen a lot of positive things. I've seen him go through, be able to go through his progressions when he does have time, find the open man. We've seen some good playmaking today. He he knew the pressure was coming. He threw back-to-back throws. He threw him out of, just threw him up, chucked him out of bounds um, mm-hmm. and trying to force something. So those are good plays that you like to see. Um, he's, he certainly has got good arm strength to, to force the ball down the field. I'd like to see a little more zip on some of his throws, especially in the red zone. Um, I, you know, I think maybe one of those interceptions wouldn't have happened if we saw a little bit of oomph on it uh, on Wednesday's practice. Uh, so there's things I want to see. I mean, Gabbert's Gabbert. You know what Gabbert's going to give you? He's going to give you some good plays. He's going to give you some bad plays. A lot of it's going to depend on uh, depend on protection for him and how long he's got to diagnose the field and make the proper play. Um, and sometimes he hasn't had that. Case in point was Tuesday's practice when he absolutely got peed off and threw the ball up into the stands. Yeah. Uh, not happy about that. So, you know, there's there's up and downs from both of them. I continue to see up and downs from both of them. There's been some up and downs from Brady, too. But that's going to happen, as I said. And I keep saying it. When you have a top five offense going against a potential top five defense, they're going to get the best of each other. And it's not about that individual rep. It's about what they do on the next rep. Having that Ted Lasso goldfish mind and yeah, yeah. play, and that's what I've seen from these guys, and I've seen them not hold on to those reps and and continue to pro, pro, you know progress it, and I, I've seen that from the quarterbacks too. It's not always there, um, and it's not always going to be there, but I I'm not ready to throw the book at 
at, at Trask yet. And I think Gabbard is just what Gabbard is. I mean, he's he's not going to be a starter for this team next year for sure, even if Brady yeah. walks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not concerned or worried about Brady. Uh, I will say with Gabbard and Trask, I would like to see a little bit more consistency out of them. Uh, they've been kind of erratic, and then oh hey, there's a nice play, and then kind oh. of all over the place again. Um, what was I going to say? Gabbert, he's steady Eddie. You essentially, you understand what you're going to get from them. Oh, that's what I want to say too. With Gabbert and Trask, I think they both, especially today, held on to the ball a little bit longer than I thought, but that's also at times that's credit to like the secondary for, yeah. for their coverage. But I do that's think sad. with all like the pass rush was the story of the day outside of Chris Godwin. They ruled the day, the pass rush. But some of that, of course, is with the help of the secondary with the coverage that they had. I do feel like those quarterbacks held onto the ball just a little bit too much. And, you know, Gabbert will make some nice plays. Trask continues to have really good development with Devin Tompkins, the uh, the undrafted wide receiver. So uh, we'll see if that continues. Maybe that'll point, be something in the preseason. Guys, sorry to cut you off. That's my point. Those fine. guys that he's he's throwing it to, you know, he's not getting those opportunities. No, I agree. I agree. It's You want to see him get chances with some of the other guys and it feels like even with Brady out he hasn't really been given right. those, those opportunities so we'll see eventually if he can get those or if he's just gonna have to roll with the punches and and do his thing in the uh, preseason games just want to do some uh give everyone a heads up for what we got going on next week uh here's the list right here we'll be going Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and Saturday next week so a, a little bit of uh, a jumbling of the schedule. Of course, Saturday being the, the post-game podcast after the Bucks play uh, against the Dolphins in their preseason game. Uh, Tuesday's show, the next show, is the Mark Cook tribute show. Of course, we lost Mark uh, almost a year ago. And, um, you know, Mark was a huge mentor to me. He's the reason I, I got to pewterreport.com. I wouldn't be at Pewter Report if it wasn't for Mark. So on Tuesday's show, we are going to, to reminisce about one of the all time greats in not just Peter report history, but you know, Buccaneers media history. Uh, we're closing in on a year since, since Mark passed and uh, we will tribute and pay honor to Mark on that Tuesday show. Um, obviously a lot of great memories that many people in, in the Tampa media have about Mark. And we'll be talking about that on Tuesday's show. And then, of course, Wednesday and Thursday is the joint practices between the Bucks and Dolphins. So there will be no shortage of news when it comes to those two practices. And then, as I said, Saturday will be the, uh, the post-game press conference. So a lot of great stuff coming up for the Bucks, and, of course, PeterReport.com. One last time, I want to remind everyone to please hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. Uh, subscribe to Peter Report TV. It's absolutely free. Didn't mean that to rhyme, but it just did. Costs you nothing. Absolutely free. Just uh, it gives you a heads up when we're going live, when we have some new content out there. We obviously have the podcast. We have other press conference clips. We have podcast clips as well we posted one earlier today of chris godwin practicing and what todd bowles had to say about godwin and and his brief performance at practice so just gives you a heads up a little hey hey new content coming up pure report tv so tell your friends to tell your friends to tell another friend to tell their friends and we can be friends and then tell those friends to tell some more friends so that's pure report tv uh please like and subscribe we'd really appreciate that so for J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching and we will see you next week for a brand new edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Out. Jose Borgales, kicker number one. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see.